Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Ask equals desires. So God says, I want to give you the desires of your heart. I want you to ask me for things. That's the way life is done. So ask me, pray, ask me. Now, why should I ask me? Here's the reason. God is good. The reason I ask God, because he's good. I know he's good. He's not angry at me. He's not the neighbor saying, go away. How many of you are glad, doesn't matter what time you ask God, that he's available to listen to you? Amen. Have you ever had to go to a neighbor's house in the middle of the night because of an emergency? You are filled with dread. What if they don't help me? What will I do then? Pastor Mark will be teaching from the book of Luke, relating a story Jesus told the disciples to illustrate the difference in attitude between those around us and God the Father. Even though we know that God is much kinder than our neighbor, as awesome as that may be, it's still difficult sometimes to ask God for things. We'll be hearing in the message about the necessity to be persistent when we pray too. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message, learning to trust all God's answers to our prayers. This teaching this morning is interesting. We're going to start with a whole passage in Luke, just really not many verses, 5 through 11, but you're going to see something very interesting as we go through. Here's two questions. Don't have to answer them publicly, but just kind of think about them. Here they are. What if God answered all our prayers with a yes and gave us everything we asked for? How many are into that today? Let me see your hand. Okay. You'll learn that's the wrong answer. Uh, Number two, what if God answered every prayer we prayed instantly? Those of you that are a little struggling with waiting, that one's for you. But you'll find out that isn't the right way either. Now, let me give you an example because Jesus is going to talk about all these things. In the real world, we don't have to have Jesus. We know this. What happens when a rich father or mother gives their children everything they ask for? What are they known as? Spoiled, somebody in the first service said spoiled brats. Yeah, 44-year-old spoiled brat. Maybe you're sitting next to one this morning. Not very good people. What happens when that happens? They ruin their lives. They simply ruin their lives. So... Understand prayer. It's not everything you want to yes. Understand you don't want it all immediately. And Jesus is going to tell us why. Now, we learned that the Bible speaks about prayer as a command from God. 
That's one of the greatest gifts that we can talk to God 24-7. It's a command. Jesus taught us the disciples' prayer, which some people call the Lord's prayer, how to pray. And we learned this one fact. Let's say it together. You just sang it. Let's say it together this morning. Here we go. Our God is a good, good Father. Now you have to understand that when you come to prayer. So Jesus is going to illustrate the subject of prayer, two parables, two kind of applications that we'll get this morning. And once again, remember this principle, God is a good, good father and we're his children. He loves to answer those. Now the first parable, kind of the theme of the first parable is this. Remember to pray bold, persistent, prayers. Remember, prayer is just two-way conversation with God. We begin in verse 5. This parable is 2,000 years ago. So it meant a lot of things to the people then because the culture was very different. It's not our culture today. So I'll give you the understanding of it as we go through because the application is the same. The culture is just different. Then Jesus said to them, verse 5, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight And you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. So what was the custom of this day? Here's a man. He's in his home. It's midnight. He's sleeping. There's a knock on the door. Somebody that knows him, a friend, comes to visit him. He says, I need to spend the night here. And by the way, I didn't have anything to eat. Now, who in the world would get up at midnight? That friend was a former friend, maybe. And you would open the door. But this was cultural in those days. Hospitality in the Middle East is the same kind of thing. You're just expected to provide for a guest. Doesn't matter when they arrive and what they need. You were expected to do that. So one night, this guy comes, and you're to provide for him, but you have no bread in your house. So what are you going to do? You can't run out to 7-Eleven. This is 2,000 years ago. So what you're going to see is he's going to go to his neighbor, who he knows has bread, and ask him for it. So kind of put yourself in here. What is this application to prayer? Well, The person that's going to go next door, he's going to go next door and he's going to knock on his neighbor's door and he's going to say to him, I need some bread. Well, the person that's knocking is you and me. We're going to go to God in prayer, knock on his door. So understand this represents us seeking something, not from a neighbor, but from God. So the illustration Jesus is using is prayer. And you're going to see the contrast between the neighbor's response when he, when he wakes up at midnight and his neighbors come over to ask him, but you're going to see that contrast. Don't think the way he responds is God, because the whole parable is about a contrast. So we'll see what happens. Now, what's the problem? He goes over to this man's house. In those days, what did the homes look like? It was not three bedroom, two bath, and a two car garage. It was one room. Most, many homes today, I've been in many places in India, China, uh, Haiti, one room for a family of six, eight, ten, one room. That's exactly what happened here. Most homes have one room where the whole family was living together. And many places in the Mideast back then, not only the family, but the animals were over there. Now, if when it was cold, you get that sheep to come over, lay right on that lamb's wool, baby. And that was okay. So here, you finally got your, it's midnight. Everybody's in sleep. Television's turned off. 
Just seeing if you're listening, that's all. Of course, there's no television. Everybody's finally asleep. And the next thing you hear is this. And you hear somebody say this. Hey, it's John, your neighbor. I need some bread. What are you thinking about that moment? Former friend is what you're thinking. Now, what is going to happen? Watch this. And verse 7. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. It's midnight, you dummy. I can't get up and give you anything. Now, why does he respond initially like that? Well, because of this. He knows this probably has already done what to the children? Woke them up. Are they in their separate bedroom? No, they're all together. So all of a sudden, he knows this. I'm going to have to go get the bread. I'm going to flip on the light. No, there is no light. I'm going to have to get an oil lamp, light it. Now I got the smell coming. Not only have the children woke up, who else woke up? The animals are now all awake. So he knows this noise and the lamp and the light is going to wake his family up. And there's one more person he's going to have to wake up. Who is it? His wife, because he doesn't know where the bread is. So this whole family is disturbed. It took forever. Now, how many of you have kids that are under two? Let me see your hand. You have kids that are under two. How long sometimes does it take to get them to sleep? A long time. Our daughter, both of her kids, she was like sleep deprived for a year. She just couldn't get them to sleep. They'd wake her up at two in the morning. Whatever. So here's a dad. Everybody's in bed until the knock comes. So notice what he says. I can't get up. That's not really true. I won't get up. So it's not really pleasant. So that's how he responds to the neighbor. What is Jesus going to do with this parable? Look at verse 8. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, in other words, he could care less whether you're a friend at this point. You just disturbed the whole night. Yet because of his shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. This man probably would not get up because of friendship, but he will get up two possible reasons. He'll get out of bed, get the bread, give it to his neighbor because his neighbor is bold and persistent. What if he doesn't give up? What is the man outside going to do? How long is he going to do that? Till you get your butt out of bed. He's going to do that forever. He's just persistent. He has no other options. This is the only place. So he's going to do it. And the other reason he'll probably get up is because the culture would have shamed this man because he dishonored others by refusing to help a friend in need. So Jesus explains this whole application. Now listen closely. Listen to this. Here's what Jesus is teaching us about prayer. Jesus teaches us if we keep praying, if we keep knocking, God will eventually answer our prayers just to get us to stop bothering him. Is that true? No, that isn't true at all. See, this is the contrast. Jesus is not saying that God is annoyed when we pray bold, persistent prayers. 
No, Jesus is not saying that God is like this reluctant neighbor. Okay, I'm talking talking to me. I'll give you. Here's your answer. That's not God at all. What Jesus is trying to say is, this neighbor is not like God. God is ready to hear our prayers and answer them. After all, God is our loving, heavenly father, a good, good father who loves his children. And he's a cheerful giver. He gives generously. How many of you know this morning that God is a generous God to you? What a blessing. Man, every good and perfect gift comes from him. Now, as you and I serve God, we're to become like God. And I just want to stop and thank you. You guys have been so generous with all those gifts to Haiti, the shoeboxes, and for the gifts to the trees, and all of that. I just thank you so much. for. And many of you are still giving for the HD system and all of that. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity. You see, that's because we're, like, we're becoming like our father. We'll never be like him perfectly. Remember, he's a perfect father. Good luck for us, huh? But, but we're, we're generous. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. So since we know that he is a good, generous father, here's what the first thing you want to write this morning. Remind yourself of this. God is ready to answer, pray expectantly. Sometimes we pray, but we never expect God to answer. Jesus says it like this in Mark 11. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. I'll explain that again later. But look at this one. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning, I bring my request to you, and let's say it together, and wait expectantly. Not just wait, but I know you're going to answer, God. Now, when you see all of that, waiting expectantly means we expect to hear from God. God will answer every Christian's prayers. I'll tell you how later. Three ways. He will absolutely answer every question. Now, for an unbeliever, sometimes God, well, God's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants. Sometimes he answers your prayers very, very unspecifically. But there's one prayer you'll hear at the end that God always hears from an unbeliever. See, because prayer is developed on a relationship with God. An unbeliever doesn't have that relationship. Now, waiting on God is not a waste of our time. Is waiting for God to answer frustrating? It's okay, you're in church, you can be truthful. Is it, is it frustrating? Yes, very frustrating. God, where are you with this thing? What's happening here? Come on. Now, I'm going to give you three blanks to fill in this morning. They're not here yet, but they are. So get ready in your iPad, your Android, whatever, piece of paper, because I'm going to give you three things to fill in, a little homework as we work through it. So when we get frustrated with God because he hasn't answered yet, what is he trying to do? Here's what you want to write. Very simple what he's doing. Waiting for God to answer builds our dependence and our trust. See, being patient is hard. It's really hard. But this patience helps me to learn. Number one, God is going to answer. I expect it. He's going to answer. I don't know what the answer is, but I know he's going to answer because he's a good, good father. And second, I can trust God. After all, that's the head of the teaching. That's the whole principle of our teaching this weekend. Remember, learning to trust all God's answers to our prayers. So that's where we're at. So when you think about that, 
Jesus then goes, let me expand this story, this parable. Look at verse 9. So I say to you, as a result of this, that God's a good God. He's not angry. He will answer you. He loves for you to talk to him. He loves for you to pray, knock on the door. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. So there are three commands for every Christian. Ask, seek, and knock. It's not an option. Jesus says, God will answer. He's a good neighbor. He's a good father. He'll answer. Here's what you have to do. You have to ask. You have to seek. And you have to knock. Those are just simply metaphors for praying. These commands are not really like that. Ask, seek, knock. It's in the present tense. If we knew the original language, here's how it says. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. It's a lifestyle. It isn't something that we just do once. It's simply a lifestyle. When you think about that, that means we are commanded to do this. So here's what I want you to write. Keep praying with boldness and persistence. You see, that neighbor that went next door, was he pretty bold knocking on the door at Midnight, he was. But see, God doesn't care about that because God is outside of time. Keep praying with boldness and persistence. Look at Luke 18, 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and read it with me out loud and not give up. Here's your first homework. Some of you today have given up praying for an item for a person, for a situation. I have to be honest myself. We've lived in the same subdivision here in West Melbourne for 17 years. We have lots of people from our subdivision that come to church now. But there's a lot of people who aren't interested in coming to church at all. And I have to be careful in my life not to give up praying for them. Maybe God will give you a name or two to write down right now. Or a situation. You've, maybe even unconsciously, you've just given up. Write it down now. Write it down. Maybe there's a situation. You, God, I, I, you're, you're going to answer me this, but it's been so long, I've just forgotten it. I, forget it. No, no, no. Put it right back on your prayer list. See, Jesus says that they should always pray and not give up. Don't feel discouraged this morning. God's speaking to you. Now, the second parable, the first parable is about bold and persistent prayers. The second parable is about the goodness of God, that God wants to meet us. Now, I want you to write these three things down. Write them in your Bible, if you would, because you'll always remember this. Number one, A, ask. By the way, A-S-K, easy to break it down. Ask equals desires. So God says, I want to give you the desires of your heart. I want you to ask me for things. That's the way life is done. So ask me, pray, ask me. Now, why should I ask me? Here's the reason. God is good. The reason I ask God, because he's good. I know he's good. He's not angry at me. He's not the neighbor saying, go away. 
How many of you are glad, doesn't matter what time you ask God, that he's available to listen to you? Amen. You've had this scenario if you're a parent. Three o'clock in the morning, one of your kids comes into the room. They're sick. You touch the head, it's burning with fever. How many of you are glad that you can pray to God right at that moment? You've been there, done that, haven't you? Uh, the office opens at 8. No, I need prayer one right now. That's what happens. So I just encourage you. You can ask. He loves to minister to us in those kind of situations. Next thing you see here, what does asking mean? Asking simply means this. It shows that we're dependent on God. See, I can't provide everything I need. Remember the disciples' prayer? Give us today our daily bread, the stuff we need for life. You and I were never, ever created to do life alone. So every time we pray, we're reminded that like Adam and Eve, when they were created, they were doing life with God every day. That's the only way they could. They didn't know what to do. And you and I don't know what to do. So that that praying is, is simply this. God, I need your help. Next one is S. Seek. Write it down like this. Seek. Seek God's will and direction. God is wise. You see, God's will for us is simply better than any of our plans. I need to know God's will. Last week when we learned the prayer, Jesus said this, your kingdom come, your will be done. Prayer is all about discovering what God wants us to do, and then we do it. Seeking means we trust all of God's answers when he gives them to us. Now think about this in seeking. Look at 139. Look how amazing God is. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment, you know where I am. Where will you be tomorrow? In 30 days. I don't know. I'm planning. Planning's good. I'm already planning for the new series. I'll announce that in a few weeks. going to be excited. You're going to love the new series because it's so timely for where we're at. God's just been speaking to me. We're going to take a little break in the book of Luke, and I'm going to go somewhere else. I'll tell you later. The next thing is, do you even know what's going to happen tomorrow? No, I don't. I'm planning for it, but I don't know. But God knows. He knows everything. So when you think about that, his will, why am I going to seek God's will? Because God is He's a good, good father, and he's wise. He knows things you and I simply don't know. Remember, our lives are the sum of our choices. Kind, helpful neighbors are good to have. It's far better, though, to know that we have access to the kindest person in the universe, God the Father. Pastor Mark has been trying to get the point across that God knows what we need before we ask that he is truly wanting to meet our needs. We need to trust him more and better and ask away. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. 
In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com, click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Please join us for the next message where Pastor Mark will be teaching further about the Lord's Prayer from the book of Luke. He will be contrasting our will versus God's will and why we pray for God's will to be done. We'll learn that because God sees the whole spectrum of our lives, doing His will is more beneficial for us than going our own way. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.